if it is Wednesday, we connect with Liz Tahura of BDSA. Liz, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I missed you uh, last well, week. It's great. It's great to have you. Last week, we did not do it because I think we were, <laughs> this is how quaint it was. We were worried we'd be up late watching election results. I guess we missed it by a couple of days. Nonetheless, we are back and it's good to see you. Absolutely. Um, it was not an unimportant election season for cannabis in five states and maybe the country overall. What uh, Are we going to talk about something related to that today? Yeah, I think a little wrap up. Um, so two weeks ago, we shared a few thoughts and predictions for the election. Um, and so I thought it'd be kind of fun to put me on the hot seat, put myself on the hot seat and revisit those predictions um, and also talk a little more about what's next and what that means uh, for for the U.S. market and, of course, for, for the Canadian market um, as well. Absolutely. It was the cannabis and actually other drugs, too, were the undisputed winners of the election uh, last Tuesday. Uh, great. Let's get into it. All right. Yeah, I will say I'm wearing my green shirt today in celebration of. <laughs> and I will just say that wins. I'm wearing the same shirt that I've worn for nine months. So <laughs> it's going to be less <laughs> exciting, but. All right. Go ahead. All right. So let's take one last look at the U.S. elections and what it means for cannabis. Um, it's been a pretty long and, and frankly, Jay, you probably will agree exhausting week uh, here in the U.S. and I'm sure in Canada as well, paying attention to uh, to what's been going on. Certainly felt like a, a pretty massive stress test of well, pretty much everything. Yeah, uh, democracy. Certainly, yeah. Yeah, certainly a stress test for myself. Um, I will be the first to admit. And I appreciate Jay, you giving me um, and, and BDSA in general a little bit of a little bit of time and a little bit of, of breathing room on the, the week of the elections. Um, but we didn't want to to move forward from the elections without just a little bit of reflection. Uh, so we'll take a look here. Uh, last week we did share some predictions, and so I'd love to to go through and see um, how we did. And, and as I mentioned, you know, kind of what's in store for each of these states and for the country moving forward. Um, so starting with our top line prediction, uh, BDSA continues to predict that federal adult use uh, will pass in some shape or form in 2022, but that the adult use states continue to open up on a state by state, state, by state basis, regardless of federal legalization. Um, and I will say that, you know, based on the state results uh, for this election alone, we continue to be um, very firm in that prediction that the states are going to drive these trends more so than the, uh, the federal movement. That being said, um, all eyes were, and in some cases, in some, some respects, really still are on the top of the ticket last week. Uh, Biden-Harris win, of course, ultimately good news for cannabis. Um, and although the Senate remains up in the air um, until January, uh, so all eyes on Georgia, uh, the Republican congressmen and women representing states that now have a vested interest in cannabis continues to increase. Uh, so, you know, with the election behind us, we're already seeing signs that the uh, still Democratic House is turning back to the Moores Act, for example, next month. Democrats are still signaling intent to include banking reform and the next round of uh, COVID-19 stimulus, if and when that, uh, that ever makes it to the floor. And um, however divisions within parties um, at the federal level um, may still cause some roadblocks and compromise 
Um, like I said, we still feel pretty confident with that, uh, with that existing forecast and with, with that prediction. Um, but the important caveat there is what exactly that looks like uh, could be very, uh, very dramatically different based on who has power over writing and passing that legislation on the federal level. But fabulous news, uh, there's no question that cannabis won big in the election this year. Uh, so remind you, two weeks ago, Jay, we, I, uh, I quoted Steve Hawkins, executive director from Marijuana Policy Project, um, with a quote that I frankly have heard in other places as well. Uh, but change doesn't come from Washington, it comes to Washington. Um, and we're certainly seeing evidence of that change coming straight to Washington um, from the states. And as we'll dig in here in just a moment, um, ultimately driven by uh, the citizens and the, the consumers within those states. Um, obviously, as we all know, every single uh, state measure on the ballot did pass. Uh, so that means that we now have 14 states plus DC fully legal. More than a third of the US adults now living in states that have or are soon to have fully legal access to cannabis. Um, and of course, with the passing of medical programs in South Dakota and Mississippi, uh, almost three quarters of Americans are going to be living in states with medical cannabis programs. Uh, so, so pretty, uh, pretty consistently positive news as we break it down on a state by state basis. And I have to say kind of on a personal note, um, in a country that's starting to feel more and more divided, um, and frankly, a lot of debate about red versus blue, it's just really nice to talk about going green. Um, and that, that shift is really, as I mentioned, being driven um, by the majority of our um, electorate, uh, citizens and consumers. So I mentioned last week or two weeks ago, actually, uh, that the bipartisan nature of cannabis support. So I thought we'd drive into that just a little bit and actually show you the numbers behind it. Um, so our data is showing that even if you isolate the most conservative uh, citizens, so these are the folks who are ranking in a top two box on a seven point scale uh, within our research, uh, we still see just barely, uh, but a majority of conservative or Republican leaning uh, consumers or leaning citizens rather uh, supporting at least some sort of marijuana legalization. Um, pretty important and pretty, pretty big to push that bipartisan nature of the support. Um, of course, significantly stronger support still remains with, amongst liberal and democratic leaning. Um, so that 76% is with those who are uh, strongly liberal and or democratic in their political views. What's even more interesting, I think, is to dive into consumption rates in the US. Um, so we isolated out the level one, uh, so that means fully legal with both adult use and medical um, access to cannabis. Um, and looking at the country as a whole, um, and Jay, you should probably be very familiar with these numbers. I know we've talked about them often. Uh, you know, we do see pretty significant addressable market of almost 70% of consumers, adults 21 plus, who say that they're either currently consuming, so as a refresher in the BDSA definition, that means at least once in the past six months, uh, or open to consuming in the future. So that 36% of consumers, 33% acceptors, and then you still do have almost a third who are saying, uh, you know, no thanks, cannabis, not for me at this time. We break that down to those same uh, lean liberal and democratic adults, 21 plus in those same states, you see that number jump pretty significantly, 82% um, addressable market there. Nearly half are considered as consumers. Uh, so I don't know about you, I mean, I, I sort of 
figured these numbers would be high, but actually looking at those there in black and white uh, was pretty impressive to see. Another third saying that they're open to it and just 18% saying uh, not interested. When we look at those who lean conservative or Republican, definitely do see a smaller percentage, but again, the really important call out here, still a majority uh, who are either currently consuming or open to consuming in the future. And especially as we think about these uh, red states or red, uh, perhaps turning blue states like Montana, <laughs> like Mississippi, like South Dakota, like Arizona, uh, really going to be interesting to watch those acceptors and rejectors and to see how those numbers change um, in those states when we're, uh, when we're bringing more access to cannabis into, um, into a wider and frankly more red-leaning uh, set of states. So what it all means for kind of as an opportunity um, and how we can apply those learnings to not just US cannabis consumers, but Canadian consumers as well. Uh, you know, we've said this before and, and it's worth mentioning again, uh, there is no one monolithic group of cannabis consumers. And while it's actually pretty interesting to cut the data and look at political affiliation um, and say knows and we will continue to push uh, that there's a myriad of motivators, motivators, attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors that are influencing cannabis consumption. Um, BDSA has run a full segmentation analysis on our most recent wave of US and Canadian data and we'll continue to run that analysis on our future waves, uh, one of which will be coming in Q4 of 2020. Uh, we've identified six different consumer segments, Jay, and four non-consumer segments based on attitudes, beliefs, behaviors, actions. Um, and while we're likely to see, um, and certainly do see some that political beliefs as one of those influencers as to whether, for example, a consumer is going to be a medically motivated consumer versus a cannabis advocate consumer, uh, just two of the segments that, that we detail out in profile, uh, we do continue to beat that drum that you have to data deeper to find the insights and the drivers behind that cannabis consumption and purchasing um, and to continue to think about these consumers as a very, very complex and varied set of needs, beliefs, and behaviors. Um, okay, so let's take a quick look at how we did with our predictions state by state. And if you watched the segment two weeks ago, you probably recognize this slide and this image. Uh, we do want to start with New Jersey here. And uh, we did predict that this would pass. Of course it did. And so what does that mean moving forward? So BDSA predicts that the adult use sales are going to start in 2022 for New Jersey. Uh, we're going to be watching the rollout very, very closely over the next couple months. And we're going to see if other states like New York and Pennsylvania increase the pressure on New Jersey to speed up this timeline. Um, the good news here, the governor, the state, the house, um, really all, all government involved in New Jersey is quite supportive of these legalization meth metrics, which as we'll dive into a couple other states isn't always the same, uh, the same case. So the BDSA analysts have said that Really what this depends on is how fast the framework can be built. And our forecast does assume that rollout will be a little slow. Uh, licenses are going to be offered most likely to the med, uh, the existing med retailers first. And since there aren't very many of them, uh, building out an adult use market while ensuring the medical market stays supplied is likely gonna take that year uh, to get up and rolling. So there are currently nine retailers operating in the New Jersey medical market. Now, as just a re refresher, 
The, uh, the consumer population is about 21% of adults of legal age, so it's 21 plus. Acceptors very high at 43%. So opportunity uh, certainly abounds within the New Jersey market. And we do forecast this to be the 12th largest market by 2025 um, at 1.2 billion or more. Okay, next with Arizona. Again, we predicted a yes, although I have to say I did hedge this one a little bit. Uh, chalk it up maybe to some painful memories of 2016. Uh, I did notice that, or I did note that the top of the ticket may go along with the measure. Um, while of course, as we all painfully know, it's still being fully finalized by, uh, by all, all that have, um, I guess say so in finalizing the state of Arizona. Um, it does look like Arizona did in fact swing to Biden um, along with and alongside legalizing cannabis. But further proving out the point of the bipartisan nature of cannabis support, that cannabis measure passed with, as we probably all know, around 60% support. So go Arizona, uh, pretty exciting. Uh, BDSA has predicted sales to start in 2021. And uh, right now the regulations are set to be established by April 5th, 2021. Uh, so they already have a pretty solid foundation here in Arizona with a very, very thriving medical market. So that's really good news uh, for the speed to market for the recreational or adult use channel in Arizona. There's currently about 130 medical dispensaries in the state. Now, one caveat here, uh, Arizona may face some headwinds uh, because they do have a less than enthusiastic governor um, and some resistance within the Senate and the House there. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Again, just as a reminder, Arizona is currently the fifth largest market in the US um, on a state-by-state -state basis. And we actually predict and forecast that that will remain the same as we move into 2025. Uh, we do see that Arizona as the biggest immediate opportunity. Again, as I said, the medical market is really thriving in Arizona already. Uh, it's up 66% year-to-date 2020. And the consumers um, and acceptors are, are quite high here as well. 28% consumers in an all medical market with 43% acceptors. So a lot of opportunities to, uh, to build upon this very strong base. And right now what we're seeing in terms of category mix, vape and flower really does dominate the Arizona market as you can see there by that, um, depending on the color of the screen there, either dark blue or, or gray bar there. Um, big question here is whether edibles gain some more steam in an adult use market. Uh, we do currently have, and I think this is worth noting, um, especially for the Canadian companies who are paying attention to what's going on in the U.S. market, um, some pretty big U.S. players focusing here on the Arizona market. So it's going to be competitive, um, and it's also going to be a really important market to pay attention to for both product and industry trends. Um, so just to give you a sense, the top 10 brands in Arizona so far this year, uh, within those brands, Three of those 10 grew over 300% compared to last year. Um, another three grew more than 200%. And then another two grew over 100%. And just two out of those top 10 grew uh, a little over 50%. So a uh, pretty strong market when growing 50% or more is considered uh, sort of the, the least or the lowest growth amongst the top performers. A few companies to pay attention to in Arizona. I uh, would certainly keep an eye on Cureleaf, Harvest, Ianthus, Grassroots, Cresco Labs, uh, Timeless Vapes, Select Oil, uh, Venom Extracts, Copper State Farms, 
High Grade Society, um, and Sunday Goods, just to name a few. And it was a bit of a handful. Um, and that's a good mix of MSOs and brands uh, that are either performing very well in the state and or have, um, uh, have their sites there set on that state. So certainly keep an eye on those folks moving forward. All right, on to some of the smaller states that we actually didn't really talk about two weeks ago, uh, Jay. So South Dakota, of course, uh, we did predict that both would pass and that med, uh, rec would be a little closer than med. Um, so rec did pass with 53% medical with about 69%, which is pretty darn impressive. Um, so again, go, go South Dakota. Um, and if you need any more proof that cannabis is not partisan, I think having a ruby red state uh, lead the way in passing both medical and adult use at the same time, is pretty significant. Um, further illustrating the opportunity here is the 21 plus breakdown for consumer acceptors, rejectors in South Dakota. So just 16% of adults 21 plus are current consumers in South Dakota. So pretty small um, and smaller even than we see in some other medical markets. But full 47% of South Dakota and adults 21 plus are open to consuming cannabis in the future. Uh, so really gonna be interesting to watch this market. Of course, uh, small market, and small population uh, predicting about 20 uh, or excuse me about 77 million by 2025 and we are calling for uh, the medical states or sales to start in 2021 and the adult use to start in 2022 as you can see by that 2025 prediction there uh, we are except, expecting a pretty quick overtaking of the medical sales by the adult use sales um, although worth pointing out here, and Jay probably going to talk a bit about this next week as well with a focus on the medical uh, cannabis patients and consumers, uh, that purchasing from medical versus adult use does not provide an indicator as to how that product is being used. Um, so very, very often we'll see consumers purchasing out of the adult use channel with intent to use the product in a medical or health and wellness bent and vice versa um, as well. All right, moving into Mississippi. And I just have to stop here for a second and say how proud I was uh, to be putting this new flag image up for Mississippi. So go Amen. Mississippi for voting in this new flag. I think it's beautiful. Uh, I think it's uh, really great to see and certainly did make me happy uh, when yes. I was putting that up. Uh, but BDSA um, on the cannabis side does forecast sales here to start in 2022, of course, medical only. Uh, the licensing is slated to roll out in August of 2021, and our 2025 forecast is going to be, uh, is, is forecasted to reach 92 million. So currently seeing a little bit lower acceptance rates in, um, in Mississippi, uh, so we'll certainly be watching to see how the Mississippi uh, population uh, reacts to access to medical cannabis. All right, last and I guess not least, uh, certainly not least, uh, Montana. Uh, you might remember, Jay, that I did predict a close win here, uh, but I have to say I went out a little bit on a limb for this one a bit because BDSA had not pr predicted a win uh, for the Montana market back in August when we updated our forecasts. So all the forecasting and all the predictions that were done on the BDSA side were done back in August. Um, and at that point in time, it didn't look like Montana was going to actually even be able to get enough signatures uh, to get the motion on the ballot. Uh, luckily for all of us, Montana pulled it out, got the signatures on the ballot, got the measure on the ballot, 
And this is the only state uh, that we do need to update our forecast for. So stay tuned for, uh, for updated both medical and adult use numbers coming from BDSA in the coming months. Uh, we do expect rec sales to start around 2022. And Montana does have an existing medical program, of course, as I mentioned, well over 100 dispensaries. Um, and while that current consumption rate is down kind of close to South Dakota at about 15%, we've got a similar dynamic with a full 48% who are kind of curious in Montana. So a lot of opportunity for that state as well. So as I mentioned, the official BDSA forecast um, and predictions were actually updated back in August. So I just really have to call that out and give kudos to the BDSA analytics team for doing what they do so well um, and so accurately predicting these both major and minor trends in, um, in the end of 2020. And as a reminder, we do update those forecasts every six months. So another forecast for both the US and on Canada, uh, Canada will be coming in early 2021. Um, and so we'll expect to see a few nuances and, and shifts there. Just to wrap this up, Jay, um, of course, we focused on the US market this week um, and last week. But a reminder that we have all this same data and we have all these same insights and we love breaking down this, this uh, information granularly for the Canadian market as well, uh, for Canadian consumer, uh, sales trends, market trends, really looking forward to putting this election behind us, uh, looking ahead to what's next and getting back to a little bit of a sense of normal. Um, and of course, to further explore what's next for Canada in 2021, as we look forward to the end of this year and the, uh, the beginning of a whole brand new year in 2021. I'm certainly excited to get some share of mine back and uh, get back into and, and start diving back deep into some of those insights around the, um, as a reminder, forecasted for the end of 2020, 2.5 billion US, over 3 billion Canadian uh, cannabis consumer market in, um, in 2020, and um, a lot of opportunities and a lot of exciting trends to start to dig into or to continue to dig into, I should say, as we look towards the end of the year. I like talking about election results that are about cannabis a lot more than a lot of election results that are about the presidential race. Me too. <laughs> Something we can all agree on. It is also, I mean, it is, and we could talk, We obviously the big markets, New Jersey and Arizona, their time to get adult use up and running is different, but the size of the market is, is substantial. But on the sort of mind, sort of the, the, the social component of cannabis having Mississippi, Montana and South Dakota have elections where it passed is, is not unimportant as we look to like what is about to happen in the States. And, and actually, and we can talk about this a lot as well, sort of what that means for Canadian companies looking to enter the US or vice versa, American companies looking to do work in Canada. Um, it is interesting to see. Um, and I, I guess the question is like, uh, if you were a political consultant, would you be looking at the next wave of states during a big democratic election where you need people to win to add this to the ballot or does that actually not drive turnout because it's pretty much across the board positive? Yeah, it's a really interesting question, Jane. I was thinking a little bit about that and, and especially revisiting my sort of comments about Arizona two weeks ago. Uh, I think yes and no. I do think it still drives, as you've seen, uh, there still continues to be a bent towards the, the Democratic liberal. And frankly, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, younger generations as well. Um, we do see uh, trending more towards both supported legalization and actual consumption. 
but more and more, this is becoming a bipartisan, um, a bipartisan initiative. And uh, we do expect to see that trend continuing as, as we frankly also start to run through the blue states um, and start to think about uh, where the next opportunities for, for legalization on a state-by-state -state basis may occur. Yeah, it, it's great. It's great to watch. It is great to watch. It's exciting to see. It, it isn't often on any sort of in any other sector necessarily where you see two, you know, sides of the country, Arizona and New Jersey, about to ramp up to a billion dollar plus markets, you know, basically simultaneously, you know, and actually it's just it's fascinating to watch the policy, the the politics, the economic activity, uh, the data that comes out of it, and um, and that's why we're lucky to have you on board checking in with us every Wednesday. Thank you. And I will say that, you know, thinking about what we learn from, and I know what it means to be conservative or liberal is very, very different in the US uh, than in Canada. Uh, but some of those same truisms do hold. And I think it's, it's interesting to, to think about the Canadian consumer base and that same through that same lens and realize that uh, more and more those barriers towards uh, resistance to cannabis are breaking down. And I think that's happening on both sides of the border, north and south of the uh, the 49th parallel and really interesting to uh, to watch how conservative mindset um, and, and frankly even some of these generational mindsets that we're talking about are no longer becoming the motivating and the driving factors behind consumer behavior and consumption behavior when it relates to cannabis yeah i also think there's something in that uh just like when the industry speaks to policymakers, certainly in Canada or regulators, like the regulators think are often stuck in this mindset that the population believes X. And that's why we were making decisions about marketing and marketing rate, like all those things that are sort of marketing based that people don't really want to see it, even though it's legal. I think they are overthinking the, the people's pushback on what a cannabis ad might look like and drive people to do. And I think it's like, I think change is afoot. There's no stopping it. And, it, you know, sometimes it'll happen slow. Sometimes it'll happen fast. But I think it's almost the, uh, the, the parallel of the idea that Washington doesn't create change. Change comes to Washington. Um, and I think it's the same thing, you know, in Ottawa. And I think the same thing with a lot of policymakers and regulators, that the population is actually going to be ahead of where they are. Absolutely. Well, Liz, as always, thank you so much. We will see you next week. And uh, thanks for the update post-election. All right. Thanks, Jay. Great, thanks, Liz.